This lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're back with what is going to be a double header episode. Just playing a little catch up from my vacation. I'm Andy Lewis and I'm joined via the telephone by Papa T-Sauce aka Tim Lewis. Welcome back to another episode, Dad. Hello. Glad to be back. I'm glad to be back too. I'm glad to get I was glad to take a break and have a couple weeks off uh, from both work and the podcast, but I'm uh, happy to be back and getting into the Formula One swing of things again. We oh, have, baby. We got it. We're going to do a double header here just to, just to play catch up because we got uh, Turkey ahead of us um, this, this Sunday. So um, it's going to come a little bit quick and we're going to do our best. But Did you say it. Turkey? Yeah, or is it hungry? No, it's hungry. No, hungry. hungry, hungry, baby. My bad. Hungry. So, but thinking, of, but thinking of turkey does make me feel hungry. Hungry. That's not funny. Mm. They go together. It's <clears throat> So let's start. Let's waste no time. We'll jump right in. Action packed. Uh, Austrian Grand Prix. What did you think of that, man? Hum, hum, ding, delicious. I thought it was. Excellent. I feel like we've had I mean, a... it was kind of a trifecta because you know we had the sprint race with this one too. Yeah, um, which I thought was a little bit boring. Not gonna lie. Yeah, Does... I'm, well, when you compare it to how the race went, yeah. I thought I thought uh, Austria was a funny a funny track for a sprint. I didn't think. Uh, I don't think it. When it, I would have rather seen it at Silverstone again versus Austria, personally, or well, the I think the most exciting thing about the sprint race was the the before everything started. Yeah, was the uh, you know there was Alonso didn't even start, so he didn't even start the formation lap. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, Joe couldn't finish the formation lap. Yeah, and then so they're sitting there on the verge of overheating and. And so they decide to run another formation rat lap, and people are starting in the pits, and they're starting out of sequence, and it's uh, it was kind of a wild, crazy thing. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 yeah. So, and then after that, it was. I mean, there's some pretty good racing. They were pretty. Um, you know, there's some penalties that sort of changed things up a little. Um, Leclerc and Sainz did a little bit of battling early on, like around lap six. And, uh, so, yeah. I feel like the, the, the big, the big winner of the sprint looks like, you know, Sergio Perez or no, am I wrong? I was wrong. What did I just see that? Yeah, Perez made up a bunch of space in the in the sprint though. He went oh yeah, thirteenth yeah. to fifth. That yeah, was, that was pretty exciting. Well, I think in the first in the first lap he went from thirteen to P eight. Yeah, just in the first lap. So I mean that was cool. That was there neat. was some good 
some good movement. And I think, I mean, as much as I say it was a little bit boring, it's still better than, um, I, I still like, I'm a big fan of the sprint format. Um, yeah. I heard, I heard yeah. that it's going to eight, either six or eight races next season. I have to double check that and report back, but. Um, let's get into the action packed actual race though. We'll just go, mm-hmm. we'll go in order because we have quite a bit to talk about. Um, but let's talk about the, the big time bummers that didn't, that looked really good and looked really racy, but didn't actually even get to finish both with, um, the lap one incident involving Russell and Perez. Right. What did you, what did you make of that other than just the normal boring i feel like that turn four this this ha- one of one of these happens every year there and i feel like it's always perez too you think you would learn to just not go around the outside or turn four yeah sometimes we we start talking about um you know people having bad luck versus good luck but i think um sometimes you got to start learning from what's happened before you uh, but you know, Russell got the five-second penalty on that. It was that that seems justified. That it just pretty much tore the side pod off of Perez's car, and he ultimately. I mean, I'm sure that screwed up his ground effect downforce, and he ultimately was uh, uh, just DNF'd on lap 27 there because. I mean, he was just not going to be able to be competitive at all other than you know, eating up an engine uh, trying to stay in the race. So. Yeah. Uh, I just I feel like it was it's such a bummer to see what's happened to Perez after his run of, you know, he had the win and then and then it just seemed to all go go to poop. And it's it's either reliability or incident, but he just can't catch a break lately. Um, and is usually yeah, running. he's really running in decent points when something gnarly happens to him as well. Like I, I I'm pretty sure that he's been passed, uh, by, yeah, he's been passed definitely by, um, Leclerc in the standings, but which is just, a, it's just a shame. I, I really hoped I had higher hopes for him, but he, he does have the extension on the contract. I think there's plenty more racing. I just hope yeah. he can, can dig himself out either in the, uh, on the second half of the season. Yeah, that, that is another yeah. important note that this is the Austria marks the halfway point for this 2023 or 2022 season. So, right. So there's still a lot of racing left. Um, wow. Which makes all the more what we have to talk about when we talk about France even more compounded, I think. But uh, the other mm-hmm. really gnarly DNF was with science. Um just again putting in an excellent excellent race and looking like this was going to be a huge a huge point haul for ferrari much needed point haul in that constructors battle with red bull and boy was that a, a proper kablawi of an engine <laughs> failure yeah as a as david hobbs would say it was a proper blamo blamo went blamo um, yeah, he did. But which is actually, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I meant to save this later, but this is that, that it was our moment with Martin was during that instance. So let's just go ahead and take a listen to to the, the eloquence, do. the eloquence of of Martin. 
Things, oh, look at the things blowing up and smashing the side pods to bit. Oh. I mean, that was a proper hand grenade of an engine blow up, wasn't it? <laughs> it's so good. I mean, but that 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 funny moment with Martin actually turned quite quite intense and serious relatively quickly after that, where he went off the escape road. What is that down into turn two? It, I think is where it went. And it's kind of in the escape road. There's like an uphill and the car was properly on fire. Like it was, it was all the way on fire before he even stopped the car. Oh yeah. And, and it, it was on the hill and it was really weird. Cause there was one, one fireman guy was standing up. He was kind of like standing there watching the, the flames grow and grow. Well, um, uh, uh, they were trying to, to keep the car from rolling down the hill because um, Sainz couldn't get out of the car because if he did, the, the car would have run over him. So yeah, without trying to get out of the car with his foot on the brake and a guy standing there watching him do all this and the fire's getting big, laughing at his ass, you know, on the <laughs> he's trying to get out of the car. It was like the guy and, with the first fire extinguisher, I saw him drop his fire extinguisher because I think yeah. he went to go get, like, blocks for the wheels. But it's like, if you would just put the fire out. Yeah, you could just. <laughs> you could just, science could just well, hold the brake. But. Well, I think, I think maybe there's probably a protocol of, if there's fire. I think fire <laughs> should be the top of priority. Other, yeah. It, it, it supersedes well, rolling backwards. One seems to have a bit more element of danger. Just, just in my, in my mind. But that, but that was quite a, quite a incline apparently. Because when they finally got a chalk behind that front wheel, I mean the the weight of the car was just rolling the chalk. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a tri. It's a triangular piece of, I don't know, probably a couple three inches tall, and it was just kind of rolling it down the hill uh, with yeah. the car. It was, it was certainly a difficult situation, and. I suppose you could say, do we stop the car so we can get out? I better go get a wheel chalk, or do I? I, I, like I say, and, I think fire supersedes. Yeah, I would think. I would think. Uh, but we don't know the protocol. The thing yeah. is, is there's all uh, the number one priority is to get the driver out of the car safely, quickly, safely. Um, before before anything. But that was just a kind of a perfect storm of circumstances that. That was a difficult situation for sure. I mean, that was close, really close to the end of the race too. It seemed like it had had tolerated. I know what what did you say that that Austria is seventy percent flat out? I mean, it's a fast circuit. Seventy seven percent full throttle. So is uh, I remember that tidbit when doing a little research on the race, and um, yeah, that's. Uh, so now we're back. We're back down to the revi- reliability versus straight line speed. Uh, you know, Red Bull seems to have the reliability, but doesn't have the straight line speed of Ferrari now. And uh, but Ferrari's reliability is shaky well, I suppose at it, best. It's shake. It's shaky, and and, st- uh, and still what, what kind of by their is- strategy as well. Oh gosh! But more of that to come when we get to get to France. Yeah. But I mean, 
leading into beyond um, Science's Kablaoui is that boy Ferrari looked quick and strong there. Um, yeah. I think it was what three overtakes that Leclerc had on Verstappen and Max had no answer for it. And yeah, I think the big winner with the science retirement is actually Lewis Hamilton getting that first or that podium again, getting another podium. Um, oh yeah. Increasing his run from Silverstone, um, getting a second podium in a row, which was, I think, yeah, I think definitely. Surprised, was- but I think that at, at any, I didn't think that, you know, I didn't hear any rumors and I didn't really hear, like think myself that Mercedes would be as competitive as they were in Austria. Um, but both George and Hamilton looked, both Russell and Hamilton looked mighty fine, minus Russell's, um, you know, driving by Braille as it would be in several instances. But, um, Definitely but the great, other thing, great results that I don't, I didn't think were quite expected. Well, that's that's why you say you got to. There's a lot of season left, and Mercedes. I mean, they have the resources and the know-how and the experience and um to uh, put together something that's going to be more competitive toward the end of the season, and. With Ferrari uh, having a bit of trouble with reliability, who knows what will happen? Um, type of thing. So, but this is this uh, the throttle issue for Leclerc uh, toward the end of uh, this Austrian Grand Prix was a little unsettling too. Oh yeah, uh, I mean that. that it, yeah, good way to remember that too. I was. I remember that the, uh, the thing Leclerc said, he says, you don't want to, you, you can't imagine what I'm having to do right now. And I think right. Brundle translated that is that he's prying the throttle back up. Uh, like it was, it was jamming on. Yeah, it was, it either got bound or the mechanism, cause it's a, it's a fly by wire type of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's a, uh, the, there's a rheostat where explain what fly by wire is for those of us who don't know well there's no cable to no cable to the throttle yeah um, and it's all done electrically with servos mm. so there there is uh, you know when you on um, when you push the, the gas pedal that twists a rheostat which changes um, current and that then is translated to another servo on the throttle body of the engine, and it correspondingly opens and closes the throttle, and it's done without a cable. Yeah, I think it. You know, there's well, also there's probably also signals to the battery power and and everything else too. Oh, the I'm power sure. Unit, we'll say. Yeah, the power unit. The well, and then, you know, the turbo's got their own motors that oh, keep sure. the speed up and all that crap. So, but the thing was, is, is whatever was to cause the gas pedal to return to its uh, closed position at the foot feet was not, it wasn't bringing the pedal back up. And so Leclerc, from what I understand, had to actually put his foot, his boot underneath the backside of the gas pedal and lift it up. 
Yeah, I don't know how yeah. or where they found that, like how he was even managing that. That seems. Well, yeah, I mean, and, it was, and he and he held off, uh, you know, he held off her staff and all the while doing that. Like, th- this is one thing I wanted to say about the two boys out front, McLaren and Verstappen, and the level that they were driving. And we saw this to some extent last year too with Hamilton and, um, Hamilton and Verstappen, but they lapped everybody to P six or to P five. Ocon was the only, it was Ocon, Russell, Hamilton, Max, or Ocon, sorry, Ocon, Russell, Hamilton were the only three drivers that didn't get lapped in that race. And it is, I mean, it's a short circuit, but the gap between Verstappen and Lewis was 41 seconds. And the gap. That's massive. That's huge. I mean, they, they were and to be doing it at that rate and then having that issue going. And I can't imagine the, the like stress of that starting to happen with the knowledge that your teammate just escaped a fireball of a, of an engine failure. Right. Yeah. And like, so not only are you having to deal with the actual scariness of a throttle staying jammed, a throttle staying open, but you're, you know, you know that the reliability factor is looming, looming, ever increasingly over you. You know, and that's yeah, just... and it was, and I mean, it it probably was something like a spring that broke. If they, well, there's like a spring Brun... that pulls the the deal up, pulls the gas pedal back. And yeah, like, Brendel said, Come or, on. or a piece of debris, or gravel, or dust, or a clog, yeah, or whatever yeah, could get, could something was binding it up. But the other point when that, you're, that Brundle brought up is that I wouldn't be saying that over the I wouldn't want to be saying that over the radio with the FIA ears FIA ears and stewards listening in because that's a definitely a dangerous potential there and they could have you know forced him to retire the car that, or come in yeah that was that was a good point uh, that Brundle made you don't advertise that because his throttle sticking open and. But I mean, how how do you how do you tell your driver what to do? How do you communicate that that issue's even there? I mean, the radio is for everyone. I mean, anybody with yeah. with F one TV could hear that. So, um, but that was a brilliant drive that absolutely Leclerc finished up in, in a because, I mean, uh, dominating drive. You know, you have to you you have to pull off of the you have to pull off the gas early, and I mean this this brings up a pretty good um, time to discuss. I mean, they were making a big deal about taking longer for the shifts to take place in the early days of the dual clutch uh, transmissions where they, where they do these paddle things, mm-hmm. uh, the paddle shifters, and they were, you know, they just couldn't tolerate 25 thousandths of a second between shifts. They had to get it down yeah. So a tenth of a second between shifts. And then they talk about breaking late yeah. um, uh, as gaining an advantage to close a gap yeah. or to actually overtake in, going into a corner. Well, here's Leclerc. He's got to take his foot off the gas, put his foot underneath the gas pedal, lift up the gas pedal, and somehow brake at the same time without burning up his brakes. Well, I wonder um, they, they, they trying to stop while the engine's still driving, and, and oh, by the way, he's downshifted. Yeah, 
you know, five in some corners three four times too, you know. Probably, mm-hmm. And and still probably having to manage battery recovery and differential settings. Like, let 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 you not forget that that these drivers are constantly throughout the lap adjusting brake biases, differential settings. Um, you know, to get that's another to, yeah. You're right. That it, on just a, on just a normal lap, and then you compound that. You know that this oh, this is also happening toward the end of the race. So he'd already done fifty you know, over 45 laps before this started happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Europe was having is, has been having their little heat wave thing that's been going on too, making all of this compoundedly more difficult with the heat. Um, which I wonder if that heat's really playing into Ferrari and helping Ferrari because it really didn't seem like, uh, Red Bull had an answer for Ferrari's pace, either of either of them. I mean, Right before Science's engine went bluey, he was going to catch for stopping as well, um, which is which is a bum- which is a bummer that that didn't happen. But um, excellent moves. There were several times where it really one of the things that I was pointed out by by Verstappen is he definitely doesn't seem patient, and Brundle was talking about that, and I was noticing it as well. Is that like? Sometimes Leclerc, and I'm going to say I'm going to put Russell in this in this camp as well. They they seem it's like they're it's like it's like a very they're very forceful, like they're very good, and they seem to most of the time make it work. But it it seems like they're very impatient. They're not very strategic. But it but I feel like they have much more raw talent that allows them to get away with some of these things. Whereas some, some of the more careful or thoughtful drivers, like I would put, you know, Lewis up there, uh, uh, science, uh, Botas definitely is sometimes too careful. Um, but there, it was like, there was times where he was like trying to like fake moves and do extra stuff to get, you know, Max to move and Brundle's like, Max is too good for that. You're just wasting your effort. You're wasting your tires, your time to, you know, to, to Max. Max isn't going to fall for those moves. But then what he, the, the effective move was to just blast up the inside when he's not thinking it's going to happen, I guess. But it definitely didn't, you know what I'm talking about? That first overtake where they're like, oh, I caught him napping. I think he just, just almost willed the overtake. Or, and and it was that his raw car control ability let him hang on to it, you know. Oh, where where Leclerc dove down the inside. Yeah, going into that turn two. Yeah, that yeah, fight. on the twelfth lap, I think it was. Yeah, but, but you know, we're we're running a little long, aren't we? But you know, I think um, for the Austrian, do you remember who the driver of the day was? Uh. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey McSchumacher. Schumacher. Well, we have to get back He's down sick. to that mill. Th- like, well, it was this also, you know, his second points finish in a row. It's like once he broke the broke the dam, he can stay going. But there was yeah. some excellent driving by both of the Haases and the rest of that midfield. I, I I recall. I mean, it was just overtake after overtake after battle for battle and. You know, I'll oh, get they're... you this lap, and and you'll get me on the next lap, but then I'll come back. Like we touched on it well, in the then... last episode, talking about Silverstone. But I mean, 
anybody yeah. who is doubting the ground effect regulations and stuff bringing the car racing back to to life and overtakes and on track battling i'm right not... and see that was that that group of um uh, what was it it was both of the hazards so it was magnuson and uh, mick schumacher um was Fernando Alonso in there? Lando Norris? Alonso, Norris, both Haases and Hamilton. It was when Hamilton was coming back through after his pit. Right. I mean, there were there were there was one part there where they were three abreast, three yeah, wide. Three go three or it was like three turned into five and Crawford was like, Surely they're gonna contact and they you know, they all made it around too and and that was the other thing for there have been several incidences, obviously, when you have 20 cars the size of these Formula One cars are on a racetrack, that there's going to be instances like the turn one. But it, it there's definitely instances where you have five, three people going into a corner and they're 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 all getting out of it unscathed. It just it is it's it's, it's awe inspiring. And then we come back to thinking about all of the stuff that they're doing and all the mental like. I could we couldn't handle just driving on a blank on an open track, you know, and these guys are doing this with four people around them. Yeah. And that was I mean for, all for points I, too, you know. Yes, that's right. And then but there were also I don't think there at times there was more than a car length um separating I think when there was those three abreast and the two lagging behind, they were within a car length of those cars. I mean, oh, and they're just going 190 miles an hour or some crazy thing like that. Like, It was absolutely beautiful, stunning to watch. It, it was really it was action-packed really from, from, from the jump. Um, so, yeah, we had Russell making up uh, after his five-second penalty for spinning Perez. Still coming and fighting all the way back up into P4. Like we said, 3-4 finish again for Mercedes. And and George continues his streak of not finishing outside the top five. Uh, I mean, a really unbelievable level of consistency coming out of the Russell garage. Um, and then... Yeah, I would agree. It, it, it's uncanny. You don't see it. You don't. I don't remember times like this where one driver is so consistent over such a long haul. You know, this is the what, 11th race in all 11 races. He's been in the top five in a car that like, and, and for especially a lot of those earlier races, he was really putting that car there. He was, he was making the car. It was, up. it was rather, it was rather uncompetitive early on. You're right. I mean, it, yeah. it's still, it still is uncompetitive. It definitely still is the third fastest car, but they are, definitely making strides but it definitely shows i i had the thought you know like there's if ferrari continues to have the reliability and strategical difficulties that they're having there's a very real chance that p2 and the constructors is going to be mercedes-benz absolutely um and that should be a severe wake-up call to the ferrari like strategic or the strategic team at ferrari and reliability they gotta get a hold of well, they yeah. are throwing this champion this the world the the constructors title in the garbage the they race, are the race did a really Pitiful. awesome um instagram um they did a little chart on instagram for both 
for both Vettel or for excuse me Vettel, uh, for both Verstappen and Leclerc of potential points and like where the championship would be if you know like they were uh, estimating they for Leclerc they did a high and a low estimation but even at the low estimation Leclerc would would still be leading the the championship by by like ten points if they if he just could have finished all the races. Well. Well, that that'll come up. It's probably a good segue to to France, actually. Um, uh, talking about well, before we Leclerc. before we moved on to France, I just wanted to say I wanted to say a P five to Ocon, really turning it around from his Austrian showing last year. I I think he didn't even finish in the top top fifteen last year, um, and to come back to to there and finish P P five and then respectively P six for Schumacher. Um, and then Norris finishing P8, uh, Kevin Magnussen finishing P... Or Landon Norris finishing P7, Kevin Magnussen finishing P8. Uh, and this was a, a really good result for... I think that... Wasn't this the highest finish for both Haas drivers? Uh, the highest, biggest point finish for I think Haas? it's the first... It's the first double, double point. point. Yeah. Um, which, shows, for Haas. which shows that if Haas can just keep the cars on the road... And keep Magnuson from bump playing bumper cars, that they could be they could be significantly higher in the point standing as well. That's another yeah. And it yeah. Is, it, is it a coincidence that that's a Ferrari powered car? I don't think so. Uh, Ricardo getting up into P nine. We have to say that there was the the Ricardo news. That was the whole big thing about in between Austria and France with Ricardo where he had to officially put out a statement because there was so much, you know, Twitter and media speculating that, you know, that Ferrari or that McLaren and him might be splitting ways. And he, he went out and said, you know, I am committed to this team. I am committed to this sport still. I still feel like there's, there's gains to be made and I, and it, if it's going to end, it's going to not be because of me. And um, which some of that could be just, you know, wanting to say face or because he genuinely believes it. But I was listening to the race podcast and their um, their analysis was that it's also a, a, a savvy business strategy from Ricardo. Whereas the what it what it seems is that the the get out of the contract clause is in Ricardo's favor, where if he's unhappy, he can get out of the, um, get out of his driver contract with McLaren. But I don't think he wants to. He doesn't. I mean, they're paying him a, a lead driver salary, and even if he's not performing it, if they want to get him out of that seat and replace him, uh, then they would have to pay his salary or they would have to come to an agreement because it's, they don't have the, the clauses in Daniel's favor. And I think that was, that statement was Daniel saying, I'm not going anywhere. And if you want me to leave, you're going to have to pay me, <laughs> uh, which yeah, from, I don't know. From listening to like him and being a Ricardo fan, I genuinely, and from what I've heard from, again, listening to the race and people who spend time around him and interview him and stuff, he is committed. He's not let, he's really 
done a lot of work to not let to try and not let the mental game this compound his mental game but I, I think we may just be seeing the limitations of ricardo and but I, I don't think he's yet ready to um to call it quits but um he's saying you know what do you think what do you what's your take well i i think there's a reason why while ricardo is kind of an endeared member of formula one he i mean he he seems to come across real genuine uh he seems to uh i mean that was a really uh pretty integrative thing to do coming out like that and saying look this is where we stand this is where i stand yeah. and uh i'm not thinking ahead to some other team i'm committed to this team and I'm I'm theirs as long as they'll have me. Well, let's yeah, be that real. Means, There's no other team he can go to now. Oh, yeah, things are so. I mean, there's so many good young drivers. He's well, and he's he is, he's deflated uh, his stock, his value too much. I, they, you know, what it would be any move from McLaren is going to be lateral at best. If oh any, yeah, and if anything, uh, it's going to be a. a, a step down but i think maybe that's really why he wants to see this out is that if he signed through 2023 i believe that's a whole next season too and i think he just really really wants to hope you know he he, that he can get on top of this and that mclaren can get back to you know the fighting position that they were in last year even but i think the two things that are compounded is just as you know, maybe Ricardo was starting to make gains toward the end of last year. We had the regulation changes, and it's throwing him all off yet again. But yeah. I do remember, I do want to recall listening to him on the Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast where, you know, Dax was saying something to the effect of if he could be a Ricardo-level driver, even if he is running in P10, P9, P7, you know, whatever, just, just being... In Formula One, you're one of the 20 best drivers in the world. And isn't that good enough? And you could just hear it in Ricardo's voice that it's like, it's not, it's nowhere near good enough for him. He's like, I can't, I can't see it. I don't see it that way. I'm still, my brain is still wired to win or not win. Like, there, that's, those are the only options. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely not doing the winning part at all not even getting close to it and he's being quite outperformed by by norris yeah and i'm really i'm surprised with how he's doing this year i thought i just thought it would be a much different year for him i think we all are and i think you know every podcast that i listen to every every people every conversation that i have talks about this is nobody wants to see ricardo doing bad you know every that he doesn't have you know He's the he's the Mister Congeniality. He's the he's such a great personality and and persona for the sport that it would just it it would I feel everybody every this every conversation I have goes the same way is that we keep holding out hope and like I think um, one of the race guys says it really best that he still has a store of credit in his bank but he's he's spending his money really quickly. You know, yeah, I see what you're saying. He's had a very good career, but uh, you know, it just 
when things tend to go back, I mean, this happened, this kind of started happening toward the end of his stay at, at Red Bull where reliability and inconsistency really starts to plague and, and it just can't see, doesn't ever seem to really dig himself out. But, but let us not forget of how much, how many, how good a strides he made at Renault and all those podiums he got for Renault before leaving. I think maybe that may have been the, the downfall is leaving, leaving, uh, Renault when he did, but. I mean, you have to do what you have to do and what you think is best, but it's definitely not panned out. But we do need to move on to... 10-4. Um, oh, and let's just finish Lance Stroll rounding out the top 10 um, of uh, for Aston Martin. But Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. That, was the, that was the wrong race. I had already switched to France yeah. because that's what we need to be talking about. Cause we're, we're... That's right. So, France. Another surprising race. If I'm if I do say so myself, as far as what I had expected and what it usually comes to expect of the Paul Ricard circuit. Um oh shoot, no, we do cripe. We do have to talk about one more thing about Austria because it was significant and it's on my outline here, is we is um time penalties for leaving the track. We we saw several like we saw the the hardline stewards stance on leaving the track um and multiple drivers um getting penalties and and even more drivers getting to the to getting being shown black and white flags um what is your take on that quickly before we move to france well i i i think it, it it's going to be a very steep learning curve for the drivers but i think it adds to um the uh the race, the competitiveness of racing. Uh, I mean, if they're gonna, if you're gonna have track limits, enforce the rules, because there are advantages gained for someone who chronically throughout the the race exceeds track limits. That's why they do it. Uh, yeah. This and, is the, and go ahead. Sorry. And so I, I'm kind of for it and you know what they kind of carried through to france too i'm i'm a hundred percent for it and and i i I was kind of wavering on that because someone was talking about especially when you look at the in cock like the in cockpit view that 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 we have the visor view you know yeah Mm -hmm. and like talking about how tall the tires are and how hard it is to actually see the line i think that's i was like oh starting to like kind of feel for the drivers and stuff and you know, the G forces and blah, 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 blah. But then they know where they're the best explanation of it is in tennis. You don't get to hit the ball outside the line and still get a point. Yeah. You don't get to kick it out of the field and, you know, foul balls, a foul ball, you know, it didn't go into the playing field and that's the rule. And you should drive to the rule. And I, I, I've always, I, I really am. I'm, I've kind of been on board mostly but i'm full on on board that and if if you are the these are the 20 best drivers in the world you got to be able to be that then you got to be figure it out you can do it if you can do it when there's a wall do it you know (laughs) (laughs) otherwise we'd be having a lot of wrecked cars yeah no i i think i think i think the spectators win on this one too and they're and the drivers are good enough and they know where their equipment's at uh and uh, I, I'm really for really watching these track limits. I, I think it's added, added so much more to the to the experience. 
for yeah. the average Joe watching the, the races, yeah. And I think maybe they need to give the drivers some sort of like sensor, you know, that tells them when they're when they're going over it too. Like some sort of like light on the steering wheel or or something, so they're not having to be reliant. Well, yeah, just another thing to monitor. <laughs> but I mean, what do you like? You know, I, but I remember Lewis's reaction to being told that he just got a black and white flag, and he says, "That's ridiculous. I wasn't over." Is is other people struggling? And and his engineer just goes, "A firm." <laughs> yeah, everybody's struggling. But I guess particularly that part, that turn eight, is really difficult because it's an off camber turn, sloping downhill toward going off the track, but. Well, then show your skill. Well, yeah, but I think Brundle said it too. They that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you're out here. That's why you're an elite mm-hmm. driver. So, um, moving on to the elite not, drivers. Yeah, moving on let's to move France. On. Um, another great. We had another really awesome overtaking um, track. And the other thing that was really cool uh, about the Paul Ricard circuit is that it really highlighted some of the differences between the cars, mainly Ferrari and everybody else. Um, whereas on this particular circumstances, unless you were Car- uh, Carlos Sainz, um, everybody seemed to be really outgunned by, by Red Bull's outlight straight, straight line pace um, on this track. And, but, Ferrari was so good in that really long right-hander that they were literally taking a different line to all of the other drivers because their downforce was working so well in those. Uh, and this is what you know they had all the experts had been hinting at is that Ferrari is really good in the slow to fast corner. That that cornering speed on the Ferrari is just excellent, and you could just see that where you would be on and on board with either Leclerc before he. Whoop, 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 whooped out of the race and yeah. or science where <laughs> you, you would see the drivers making corrections or having slip and they were just flat and smooth and just sailing by them. Um, so I guess my main point is that the, 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 the Ricard Paul Ricard circuit does, does do a fairly good for how big and open of a track it is highlighting some of the advantages and disadvantages. Like there's a lot going on in the circuit. It's an interesting circuit albeit sometimes quite boring. Um, but I think because of these new, um, the new regulations, it's it was much more exciting this, this year. Definitely. Um, you know, I remember, I remember Ferrari being a little squirrely in the rear end on some of those corners too. It was, um, it, it I, was but it was so, only when their tires were starting to go off. Yeah. And that, that, what is that circuit like over six miles or something? It's a big one. And it, a lot of it is, uh, I didn't, uh, research the, how, how much of the race, how much of a lap is run at wide open throttle, but, um, there's a, there's long straights on that sucker. And so if there's less turns <laughs> or less lower speed turn, you'll have less squirreliness in the rear, but it's, it's but, 5.8 um, kilometers. Yeah. Oh, it's clicks. Okay. I thought it was miles, but that's still, there's just so much, there's just so much flat out high speed corner and straight, isn't it? From yeah. the of the track. It was. So, but, but yeah. this was, uh, 
This is Lewis Hamilton's 300th race start. Yes. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? And wasn't it like Fernando Alonso passed Kimi Raikkonen in most experience, most number of laps and most experience, something like 18,000 miles? Fernando Alonso has driven in an <laughs> F1 car. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And, um, you know, I think one of the – in Q1, boy, they were really sticklers for track limits. And yeah. I think that set the tone. Um, and, oh, Q3 was really cool. If you ever wanted to see a teamwork, um, Ferrari really pulled that off. Yeah, what did they say the toe was worth? It was like seven tenths of a second or upwards of a second because that yeah, release, like 20 release, miles release an hour straight is so long that 20 even miles an hour, even with the chicane, that the toe is still that is still that powerful. Yeah, but they were really and only so, able to do that because science they science wasn't participating in Q3, but science was comfortably the fastest. Um, uh, driver, I mean he. Well, because he had everything was brand new. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But it, so that's but he was gonna he was gonna he had a ten penalty a uh, ten grid penalty, but knowing that, uh, he, whether he qualified Q one or Q or uh, qualified one or two, then uh, he still got ten spaces back. But so in light of that, here's where the Ferrari strategy. I imagine every team would do this but they had that time perfectly to where science in the most critical parts of that track was towing Leclerc along and you know he got P1 um yes he did it was it was a it was a cool thing to see and I don't I don't really know if that he would have gotten that yeah it was close because uh let's see what was the differential um, yeah, it was only like three tenths of a second differential between um, Leclerc and uh, Verstappen. Between um, uh, no, in the Q three, it was it was seven tenths. <laughs> that, Q three, yeah. I got Max. Let's see. Leclerc Char- was one minute thirty point eight seven, and Max was one thirty one point. Oh yeah, one thirty-one. Okay, never mind. I thought they were both in the way. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got so, that. But that was with that toe. So I don't think. I yeah, I don't think he would have gotten it. Well, if we're talking about gaining almost a second per lap with that, and twenty more at twenty miles an hour faster uh, with the toe and drag drag reduction, I think I think it it didn't turn out to matter. But um, it sure got him off to a good start there. Yeah. So we have to talk sure. about the the spin heard around the world. I was in disbelief, man, when I saw signs go off. I was so bummed. I'm just so bummed. No, was it? Was it? No, that was Leclerc. Oh, I'm sorry, Leclerc. Yeah. When Leclerc spin. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Can't keep my name straight today. Sorry, everybody. But um, the. Uh, yeah, I thought and, I thought something had broke on the car. And it personally. was, yeah. How I mean, could that's, you, how? Yeah, that's what everybody was saying. And then he had the 
the, you know, the radio was just heartbreaking to hear him panting yeah. and freaking out and say, he said something, why won't the pedal, why won't the pedal do something? Um, and I think, you know, everybody jumped on that, especially with, with, uh, Austria fresh in the mind where that accelerator was sticking on uh, and, right. and that would have definitely accounted for the way he spun because the rear let go like it was lit up um, and uh, it didn't look like that bad of an impact but he also di I did when I was re-watching preparing for the podcast that he did break the front suspension um I th on the on his front right arm, so I don't think he even if he would have gotten it back out, I don't think it was going to keep going. Yeah, I think I think he was trying to to reverse out, and it just wouldn't work. It was sort of pinched in there. Yeah, like and, like uh, uh, Perez at Montreal, it, like the front of the car, the nose got wedged under the barrier or something. But hearing him just scream that no, man, that's going to be that that moment's going to be played time and time oh, I didn't again. I didn't yeah I didn't focus on how far ahead he was at that point he was away he, he was a couple of seconds he, ahead he was yeah he was DRS he was bleeding comfortably well that happened on lap 18 yeah and um, it was, um but I, I I don't know if that's you know, necessarily the important thing whether he was really pulling away and was handily in the lead but this was the third race that he did not finish while leading, while leading. the race. Yeah, that's an important statistic. And I do want to say to, to Leclerc's credit, what a what a what an absolute role model and outstanding like human being he was to come out and be like, "It was me. I did that. Yeah, I blew it." That was a mistake. There's no other. There's no other hiding behind that. I made a mistake, and if I make any, I think the quote was, "If I if I keep making mistakes like that, I don't deserve a world title." And to be honest, if he keeps making mistakes like that, he's not going to have a chance at a world title because now, well, not this year. That anyway, sixty per sixty points now. That, oh hell, I don't know. No, and it's sixty points. I'm pretty darn sure. Yeah, it's it's. It's sizable, and um, but boy, did this race! Did this race points. really, yeah. But the thing about this race, did did this race really expose Ferrari's strategy and seeming just mass chaos confusion? Yeah, really, and really with science in, just putting in a drive of all drives, man. Well, yeah. I mean, holy cow! Yeah, he. I mean, he won driver of the day. He, he definitely should have. Um, but but I mean the the um, I mean not a, well. Do we want to go that far ahead in the race? No, yeah. Let's we we got to get going because you know he had on um, uh, he was in the pit lap nineteen. He came out with an unsafe release, got five-second penalty. And, man, how the heck did that guy who released him not see? Um, it was Ocon, I think, coming down. And, you know, here's some here guy coming out of the pit, fresh set of tires, and 
uh, signs pulls out, is released in front of him, and he, and he flat spots a brand new set of tires. No, I think it was, it was Albon coming down, I'm pretty sure, and he was coming into oh, okay. the pits. So that wasn't the – I mean, that would have been – it's bad enough. They have to penalize that, and I almost don't even think a five-second penalty is strong enough if you really want these to stop happening. But, like, you had to look at, like, the, the McLaren pit crew was out right there. And that oh. if, if uh, Albon or whoever it may have been wouldn't have stopped and went into um, signs, that car is now going into people. Like there's unprotected oh, people standing out there. And let us not forget that the pit lane speed is 50 miles an hour. Like it looks so slow because you're in comparison to them going around the track at, you know, 100 plus, 200 miles an hour, but... 50 miles an hour and the car still weighs over a thousand pounds, man, you're going to kill somebody. Well, it's also, you know, a few inches off the ground. It's like a samurai sword. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that, that, somebody's going to lose a foot. <laughs> with, but without that penalty, science easily P2 easily. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then we have to talk about the blunder of, him going through the trouble of passing Leclerc, and while he's in the middle of overtaking Leclerc, they're telling him to box. And you're like, are you guys not watching what's happening right now? Do you know? No, he was overtaking. That was where he was take, overtaking Perez. Yeah, that's, isn't that what I said? No, you said Leclerc. Oh, my God. My bad. Sorry. I told you I'm struggling with my names today. Yeah. We're having a hard time, both <laughs> you and me. We're making it through, though. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're, but, we're, I mean, we're, we're we're rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, I still got. I'm still on vacation brain, I guess. But um, oh, it's a, oh, they were talking when 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 there wasn't competition going on. Signs and they were talking about boxing and this and that and and um, signs was you know I got I'm doing okay and yeah and it, and it says oh stay out stay out and so while he's making an incredible just move on, oh on Perez. They're saying, box, box, box. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, and it, it just, but it's just like, are you guys, are you guys even watching? Do you even know what's happening? That's like, that my question. Are you even watching the race? Yeah. How do you, how do you do that? How do you say box, box, box in the middle of an overtake, first of all? And, and, you know, it's just, it's just so unprofessional, especially when you have a driver putting in the work. Because let us not forget that science started P19. And had carved his way all the way up into P2 at that point. When that happened, he was running P2. And yeah, he had the five-second penalty. But at that pace, he could have easily gotten to, you know, a podium, I think. Because really, toward the end, all the one-stop cars were really struggling on their tires. Oh, no doubt. Well, then that brings us the the trifecta of the screw-up. See, he... They were they were trying to tell him while he's making this incredible move on Perez on lap forty two. They're telling him to box, and he and and so that somehow he he got the job done. Yeah, uh, and then oh okay, well you're you're now at your P three. Well, why don't you come on in and pit on yeah. lap forty three, serve your five second penalty, and oh come out P nine. I think he, I think he ended up coming out. Yeah, P. 
I think it was just behind Norris, so it would have been P8. Well, but he finished P9. No, Carlos Sainz, he finished P5. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm on call. Yeah. Sorry. It's Never fine. mind. So I listened to the races talk of and analyze this, and they said that it was they really Ferrari really didn't think that that medium would have gone the race distance. However, um, Gasly put the mediums on the same around the same lap that Science did, and he went to the end of the race. So it it was possible, but they were afraid that the Dag would have dropped them back to P. Basically, the the number crunch was that they were both they were going to end up P five either way, st- like running through all their like simulations and algorithms and and blah 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 and whatnot. Um, that he would if he would have stayed in out with the dig and the five second penalty, it would have dropped him back to fifth. Um, and if he would have come in and pit with his extra pace and the and the pace get uh, advantage of fresh tires, they could go back they could get back up to p5 and get the fastest lap and so they thought that you know was the strategic call that they were gonna, safely going to go to the end on the new tires and get the fastest lap um and if it's p5 with fastest lap and p5 without the fastest lap you're gaining one point but my thing is yeah, but p3 would get you more points than that for sure and and and, and you're limiting you're not invest you're not you how how demoralizing then is, is that as a driver to not trust him, your driver, A, and B, even if that's what the computers say, any pit opens you up to a possibility of so much going wrong. Yeah. You getting I've, you getting another yeah, penalty rather... for an unsafe another unsafe release, or you getting involved in an incident, or you know, and then not to mention if you're coming back out knowing you need to overtake, you know, uh that just is opening you up for multiple instances where contact is. And so you, you threw away your sure P five with your, with staying out and getting the, the five second penalty, uh, for a certainty DNF, you know? And I just, I also think it's much easier to defend. Um, it, it would have been easier to defend than it, it, it it's it finalized seeming to come back and overtake. And yeah. Oh, sorry. We we didn't even compound that before all of this. They floundered for lap after lap, where if they if they would have committed to the pit, they would have given Science the time to actually come back out and fight with fresh tires. And it just all of it reeked of not really having a a clear idea themselves of what they're doing, and it just was so frustrating. As a fan, like I wanted to see signs keep going. Yeah, well, signs. Yeah, I would rather have taken my chances trying to pull out a five-second lead over the position that I was ahead of for the points, as opposed to sitting still with nothing happening in the pits with the potential, uh, you know, disasters that can happen in the pit. That coupled with the fact that uh, he finished 14 seconds or 15 seconds ahead of Alonzo um, there. So, um, I don't know. I think it would have been better just to ride it out. The other the other cars were really struggling on their, their tires, too. Um, and, 
science has always had a knack for making the right call over yeah um, the pit the pit wall and um, I don't know I think I think that was I, like I said it was a trifecta of blunder yeah and in 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 the other thing I wanted to highlight of excellent driving going nowhere um, was Kevin Magnuson and his seven overtakes in one lap on that opening lap. <laughs> Which just well, to, that, just to go on to DNF. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, well, you know, we come from Austria where we have both both Haas's in the points um, to coming to France and we have, we're right back to typical Haas, one Haas DNFs and the other ones in P15. That seems, you know, it's like take a lesson out of the Mercedes playbook and get some consistency, man. Because um, yeah, brilliant, that was, brilliant mean, seven move, seven overtake moves mean nothing if you don't finish the race. Correct. That, that was, um, you, I think that was before. I, I think that was all in the first sector that he made that up. No, it was. I I watched it again. I watched it was. I watched the onboards of it, and it was, it it was it was a lot of it was in that first first sector, and then he also he got lucky and gained it because of that the contact between Sonoda and who else? It was. Um, that would have been um, so. Yeah, was it Sonoda? And one, Joe. Of those, one of those spinning midfield. Oh, no. It was uh, Ocon. Because Ocon got the five-second penalty for causing a wreck. Yeah. That was what it was. And, yeah. So, so and that, then, did, that did, but still, he really whipped around there, baby. Yeah. Okay. So, but then after Leclerc had his banana peel, whoop, 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 spun into the corner, um, Max was pretty comfortably un uncontended. There was a couple of laps where, where Hamilton was really lapping at some good pace, but I don't think they actually they're they're still a, the third fastest car and so um but Hamilton's strong you know, strongest result of the season and Mercedes strongest result of the season with a double podium. Um we also have to talk about Russell and the the, the dive up the inside on Perez and that 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 and that radio exchange between him and Toto really really showed you where, uh, you know that that hmm, how do I want to say this that uh, Russell kind of seems childish a little bit a little um what's the word oh do you I'm think looking for it's, like it's youthful you mean youthful exuberance there's a bit of that. And then there's a, there's a bit of there's a bit of like my poop don't stink. Yeah, like or like what's the word? What's the way I'm trying? I'm trying to say this word is like he's like the rules are the rules, and I know the rules, and and everybody needs to follow the rules the way I have, and and I that was technically I, I did nothing wrong, and and I li mm. I listened back to the onboards, and Toto's like you just pass him, you can pass him, like you're good enough, just just stop being living in that moment. And go get him. Get him on track. Get him, like, stop wallering. You know? Yeah. Uh, they all grow up. Yeah, I just, but I think, like, that's yeah. that's one of those things where you just got to, like, what's the point of arguing it, you know? You made a bad, yeah. you, made a, you made a gutsy move. It didn't pan out. 
get your head down and make it make a good move. You know, and he ended up going on and pulling out one of the most awesome and amazing overtakes and one of the coolest, like, really, like, like I go back and forth with Russell where he's, you know, super consistent. He's got this skill. He's got this outright pace. He seems like such a cool guy. You know, the the Russell jumping out of his car to go check on Joe in um, in Silverstone. Yeah, you know, and then the, he has these moments of just awesomeness and brilliance, but then he has these moments where I'm just like, dude, shut up, like quit whining, just drive. Are you, you're talking, you're talking about that the uh, restart, lap, the lap fifty restart. Yeah. yeah, man, that was that was awesome. That was so awesome. It was so good, you, and he thought that out and had to think it out well in advance. You know, so the, to what I understand is that you know they have a delta. Like they have, it's like there's timing markers around the track and they have to get to those markers within a 40% reduction of overall time in between marker one and marker two, right? So that means you can either go at a slow pace all the time, a 40% reduction all the time, or you could use it strategically like what Russell did and go exceedingly slow in a certain part of a sector and then mash it full out race pace leading up to the next sector and close that gap up. And man, right when that light went, he went and he had him like, and it was, Oh, he was, he had to have been going 30, 40 miles an hour faster than, than Perez had to. I mean, it looked like did Perez break. Yeah. Like it was so good. I also, uh, I think the race had said something about how um, that there was some problem with the relay of going um, green, um, and that could have also accounted for some of Perez's um, reaction to it. But I, I also think it was just flat out he was not expecting. I mean, and you heard it on the onboard. He's like, "What? What the heck was that?" You know. Um, but it worked and boy, it worked and it meant the difference between P4 and P3 and getting on that podium. And, and man, it was a, it was a really awesome right down to the wire finish. I loved it. I loved yeah, that, it. Loved it loved that it. was really cool. 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 Uh, yeah, baby. All in all, Perez showing another solid result for Perez and Red Bull. Um, science, we've said enough about science. I, I think he should have, I think they should have left him out. I think you and I are both in agreement there. But yeah. uh, still a, a P5 finish and a, and a commanding performance. He also got that fastest lap and driver of the day. And driver of the day, yeah. And well-deserved, man. They made him do so much work, and he did it, and he was just carving up that field, like just carving it up. It was it was beautiful to watch. Um, yeah, he's, he's got the skill. I would say science has surpassed uh, Botas almost in my, um, cause a Botas is just floundering with the, f- the flounder field in that back mid of the back midfield. Um, but I just am such a big science fan now. I just think he's so cool. Just well, then, like such an you awesome know, the, dude and he's, he's, and he's just, yeah, well, and he's just the teen guy. He, he, if it wasn't for, for, oh, you're talking about signs. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, I think he is a team he, guy. I think he's, he's yeah. an actual, really super well-rounded person and racing yeah. driver. Where 
yeah, he wants to be the team guy. He's going to be the team guy, but he's also a, a really talented racing driver that I think so so many people underestimate because maybe he isn't outright over single lap pace, you know, a Russell or a Leclerc or Norris. But in thinking, in strategy, in seeing the yeah. big picture, in, in encompassing a season, I think he's a better driver than Leclerc. And we saw that last year. And I think we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing it this year if Leclerc can't figure it out. But science is yeah. science is doing nothing but improving this season. And, yeah, and he the had only a reason- rocky start, but man, he is he's coming on form and he's only getting better, in my opinion. Absolutely. And the only reason Leclerc got pole was because of science. Correct. I think science so- would have comfortably taken pole if he wouldn't have had to had that engine. Uh, grid penalty, um, but well, let, yeah. let us not forget there are many, many more drivers will have to take that engine penalty, and I will. Uh-huh. I'm really anxious to see if any if people can carve up the field like like science like science did. It was really a reminiscent drive of that that uh, of Hamilton's absolute amazing drive in Brazil last year. Like it was, uh-huh. it was, it was a artfully beautiful to watch um yeah definitely uh okay so then we had uh fernando alonso with another consistently good result p6 norris pretty great result for for uh, mclaren all things considered splitting splitting the um the alpines finishing p7 meaning ocon finished p8 um i think i think alpine's gonna Gonna take, uh, gonna gonna be finishing higher than McLaren this year. I really think they're they're gonna take that battle. Yeah, but we'll just keep our eyes on that. Okay, now we're off to Hungary next. Hold on, let's finish out the top ten. Daniel Ricardo P ten, Lance Stroll or Daniel Ricardo P nine, Lance Stroll P ten, and we have to talk about Vettel on Stroll and <laughs> the wheel to wheel battle, and I think. With the news of today that we got, we might have seen why Vettel was so really lacking in care for wanting to pass the boss's son. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those of you who saw or didn't see, uh, Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel, um, is announced that he will be retiring at the end of the 2022 season. Um and I've said somebody who I used to would say at one point almost saw it as a Verstappen kind of wasn't the biggest fan. Um, boy, I, I have really come switched to full 180 to being he's 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 a classy guy. And I really like yeah. the 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 man he turned into and and, yeah. and they all grow trajectory. up. They all grow up, Andy. Yeah, I mean, they do. Yeah, but do. but yeah, I, I think he really is in another league of, of growing up and, and is a, yeah. is a true, real good role model for a lot of people for, you know, he, no, believe, I totally agree. he believes in, in, in what he believes and, and it, it's not just enough to say it, but he backs it up with action a lot of the time. Um, whether it's picking up yeah. trash after a race or, you know, his activism work um, for, you know, climate change, or or just right. you know calling a wrong a wrong you know when when 
the FIA was clearly attacking Hamilton and his jewelry and stuff. And and Seb shows up to the tra- racetrack with his underwear outside his race suit, you know, with a big middle finger to the to the FIA saying, "You're this is stupid and wrong, and I'm going to point it out to you in in a really humorous, yeah. and awesome <laughs> way." Um, that was pretty cool. And, yeah, and he's the know, first. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, he's a person that'll be missed, um, but you think he'll be involved somehow. I do. And, I, well, um, I, I think I actually. I don't know. I watched his his little video that he put out, and I I recommend going and listening to it because it's it's really well done, really well produced, really well written little speech. But the thing that I I that that stood out to me, he says, my priorities have changed, and I don't. I no longer my number one priority is to to get poles and to get wins and to win world championships. It's to see my kids grow up and to be a father. Yeah. And yeah, just being and, honest with himself. Yeah. And I, I, that's really respectful. And, and it, I, I think he'll go into some sort of activism work. I really do because he spent a significant yeah. chunk of the, of the, his little two minute or something video where he announced it saying, you know, there's another race for me to run. This is any, the thing that I, I thought was really neat is he said, my my most important race hasn't even begun yet, and so I think it really is highlighting his his activism work that he's going to go on. I think he's going to go on and do something. And there was a there's like a V five there's like a thing linked to his website. I didn't really look into it, but we can we can update hopefully on that. Um, but I don't think he's done. But I I just think he you know the 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 life of an F one driver, especially if you have three kids like he does, um, that's challenging, man. That's a it, F1 takes up a lot of your time, you know, not to not just with the traveling and and being, you know, it's a long calendar season and they're only getting longer, but I mean, the time that you have to mentally dedicate to the sport and then the time that you have to physically dedicate to the sport outside of that traveling even in your off season, you know, it it's got to be tough to have a family and do that. So all right. power to him. I wish him the best. I think he will yeah, be definitely. A, a figure that that F one will dearly, dearly miss, but it will open up a seat. And I don't know if it's a seat too many people are wanting to jump right into, but um, you know, it's a seat with a lot of good history, and I'd like to see Al, uh, Aston Martin come back. I just, I just don't know who it's going to be that's going to bring it, but it doesn't. It's not looking good under the the tutelage of the Stroll administration, but uh, yeah. Right Anything else that you want to talk about? Oh, the other big news is that uh, Porsche is set to buy 50% of Red Bull. So that's answering that question as to where, which we all, we had known there was a lot of rumblings that Porsche was going to pony up there with, or sidle up there with uh, Red Bull. Um, I don't think anything, that nothing was really going to happen with that though until 2026. I don't, I don't foresee that changing any impacts too, too quickly. Yeah, I think right. all these uh, additions are with the VW, Audi, the, the, the Andretti possibility. Those are, I think those are always looking to the 2026 season. So yeah. uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, this was a we're, this was a pretty long episode. I guess actually pretty short episode if you think about the fact that we did two races. So um, And a sprint. And, and it's great. Um, but all eyes to Hungary. I'm I'm looking forward to it. 
uh, I gotta I gotta do some. I'm gonna get off here and do some grid rival work because I'm I've fallen far behind in the grid rival league. Um, I gotta I gotta reclaim my my first position. I'm coming back. Still a lot of racing left to do, but I'm not I'm not gonna be content but, with P4. But isn't there isn't there a minor detail that you have to get past me? Oh, I will. Oh, I will. I'm coming. For Talk you. about hey, you know. You know, signs went nineteen five. Yeah, man. I, you have to remember, I didn't play anybody for the first two races, and where am I at now? So I'm I'm coming for you, and I have no idea how. I think it's that part of all the fantasy stuff is about ninety five percent luck. I'm only I'm only <laughs> like two hundred. I'm only like two hundred points, three hundred points behind you. Two hundred points separate the top three. Yeah. So I'm coming so for it, you, it, and then it, I'm coming for Matty O'Patty in P2 uh, and Shine okay. Man in P1. Um, good job, guys, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, last word to you. Grr. What's that? Last words last for you. Word? Well, I'm just sitting here thinking that I think Hungary is where Haas is going to bring its first upgrades. Well. We'll be so, we'll be here to if record. we can if we can keep the if we can keep the motor from going blammo and keep my uh Magus Magnuson from playing bumper cars. Maybe well, we could get some good Haas points in there. Oh come on, root for an American team. Come on, <laughs> I'm rooting. I'm rooting for for. Anybody. Are you root toot tooting? Root toot tooting as long as it's not Red Bull. I'm I'm all for them doing good. I just don't want Red Bull to do good. Unless it's unless it's yeah, but thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you. Yeah, we'll see you soon after hungry with another episode. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be groovy. Remember to 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 give us a rating on whatever platform that you uh, listen to us on. It really really does help us. Leave a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. Don't forget to check our Instagram. It's a, the best place that you can like ask us questions or give us feedback and we definitely love to hear from you uh that's amer uh, an american's guide to f1 not formula one it's to f1 um but yeah thanks for all your support uh really enjoy doing this for you guys and it's just so awesome to see all the the growth and people listening to us so really thanks again thanks a lot it's uh it's real fun to do this for you guys yeah keep on rocking in the formula one world people Amen, brother. Love you, Dad. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Love you, kid. Bye. Later.